Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. Before we get to our passage this week, Heritage Bible Church wants to make sure you ladies out there are aware of an upcoming opportunity. Our 2019 Ladies Conference is going to be held on Friday, September 20th through Saturday, September 21st. The theme this year is Living Wise in a Foolish World. And as our world becomes more and more foolish as we watch, this is very timely. You can find out more and sign up on our website at www.hbc-boise.org. That's www.hbc-boise.org. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we're in the book of Mark, chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Jesus answers another question brought to him by the Pharisees, the religious but hypocritical Jewish leaders of the day. It was another challenge. Why weren't Jesus' disciples fasting when everyone else was? Did they think that they were special? Were they sinning? Did Jesus maybe not realize that the religious leaders of the day needed to be fasting at this time? Well, Jesus' answer had to do with wine and weddings, as well as recognizing when it's appropriate to replace something rather than try to repair it. Well, his response might be confusing on a first reading, but we have Pastor Jim Harris with us to explain the meaning of Jesus' response. Here is today's John slice of the message in chapter 1, and then in chapter 3 of John's Gospel, you have that same theme developed again with Nicodemus, and there he uses the expression, born again. And Nicodemus understood. He said, well, you've got to be kidding. A man can't crawl back into his mother's womb and be born again? That's impossible. And that's the point. It is totally impossible. You need a spiritual birth that you are utterly incapable of. You can't just improve on what you had and get to the goal line. Whatever a person believes, if it's anything other than trusting only in Jesus Christ, if it's anything other than coming only to Him and only by faith and depending only on His grace as defined only by the Word of God, then it's not a belief that will save. Now the Jews, especially the Pharisees, were exceedingly zealous about their religion. Oh man, they kept rules and regulations like no others in their world. But all of their efforts left them infinitely short of salvation. Maybe you've heard this analogy before, but think of religion like the long jump. Right now, I'm still recovering from leg surgery and I can't jump very far. I mean, with a mighty heave and a hoe, I could, you know, you do the hop, skip, and jump. I could do the hop, stumble, and fall, okay? That's about how far. I couldn't get very far. I bet most of you could jump farther than I can. Some people in the room are in their prime, athletically gifted. They could jump a long way. So imagine that we have a long jump contest. I promise I'm going to finish way down near the bottom of the list. A lot here will go much farther, but this particular context, uh, contest 
is for salvation from the penalty of our sins and deliverance from the wrath of God. And there's one goal. All you have to do is jump in one leap from the south rim of the Grand Canyon to the north rim of the Grand Canyon and stick the landing. You know, a whole lot of people are going to excel far beyond me. And every one of us is going to die on the rocks at the bottom of the cliff. You need something supernatural to get you to the other side. And that's Jesus. You need Him to bear you to your destination. You can work and work and become a world record long jumper, but you're never going to make it on your own efforts. So Jesus did not come to repair a few things. He came to bring something completely new. And it's a very straightforward passage. Come with me to Mark chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. Repair or replace? And the obvious answer is replace. Very simple to outline the question, the answer, and the analogies. Starts with a question. And now like what we've been seeing in Mark so far, this is another confrontation between Jesus and the religious establishment of His day. It comes once again, like the previous couple of paragraphs, in the form of a question. This time, the questioners actually talk to Jesus rather than going around behind Him and uh, going through the disciples. This is a more honest question than the previous ones about forgiving sins and about eating with sinners. Here's how it goes in John 2.18. John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. And they came and said to him, Why do John's disciples and the disciples of the Pharisees fast, but your disciples do not fast? Now, look who's asking this question. There's some interesting stuff going on behind this. John's disciples refers to followers of John the Baptist. What were they doing? Same thing the Pharisees were doing. They were fasting. Fasting is the practice of going without food for a certain time in order to concentrate on spiritual things. It's closely associated everywhere in the Bible that it occurs with, with praying, with mourning, and with repentance. Now, in the laws of the Old Testament, there's only one time that God required His people to fast. That was for all of Israel on Yom Kippur, the Day of Atonement. That was the day that the most significant and far-reaching sacrifice for sin was made each year in Israel. Not just individual sacrifices, but sacrifices that were for the whole nation. So it's no surprise that God then called for fasting. That was a very special day. It was the only day anyone could enter the Holy of Holies in the tabernacle or in the temple. And that's the only required fast in Scripture. But fasting is a legitimate concept. There are many examples of people fasting voluntarily. The most typical fast is for a day. Sometimes for three days. Sometimes for seven days. And amazingly, like Jesus when He was tempted fasting for 40 days. You'd better drink a lot of water and stay hydrated if you're going to do anything like that. As a, as a voluntary thing, 
turning away from physical, worldly, earthly things, like even to the point of food, in order to concentrate on God and to confess sin or to seek God's comfort in a time of mourning. In that context, fasting is a good and legitimate thing. Turning it into a command, turning it into a means of thinking that you gain greater standing before God, or turning it into a means to achieve righteousness, fasting is no different from any other man-made good works. It is, in the words of Isaiah 64, 6, like, um, like a filthy garment. I, I think I've lost it or finally threw it away, but I, I kept for a long time a a flyer that I had that, that came to me in the mail. Uh, got it because I was on some list of pastors somewhere. And it was for a conference on prayer and fasting. Now, if you need to go to a conference to figure out how to not eat <laughs> for 24 hours, uh, you may need some other basic instruction. But what I really liked was the schedule of the conference. Breakfast, 8 o'clock. <laughs> Lunch, tw- you know, it, was, it was so utterly absurd, it might as well have come from 21st century Pharisees. Absolutely ridiculous. Well, the Pharisees incorporated into their self-righteous, proud works system, they incorporated twice-weekly fasting. You had to fast every Monday and Thursday. And they did that in their system that the New Testament calls trusting in themselves that they were righteous. It was a mark of great pride and distinction for them. Uh, Jesus uh, soundly condemned them for always announcing that they were fasting in Matthew chapter 6 because they, they did it as a show. And He said that if you're going around letting people know you're fasting, that's bunk. Now, it's not a sin if somebody finds out you're fasting, but you broadcasting it, it should be a secret. It should be between you and God. The whole point is God who sees in secret will reward you. Now, the Pharisees did that twice weekly. In the case of John the Baptist's disciples, we aren't quite as certain. It might be, and it's very legitimate to presume, that they were fasting in mourning for John being imprisoned and his impending execution. Uh, The reason for their fasting isn't explained to us, but it it does raise some good questions. It just matter-of-factly here says, John's disciples and the Pharisees were fasting. Now, there's a good question to ask at that point. I hope you're thinking of it. Uh, Above all, in light of what we know of the purpose of John the Baptist's ministry... You should be wondering, why were there still disciples of John? When Jesus showed up, what did John say? Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What did He say? He must increase, but I must decrease. So shouldn't everyone who understood John's message have become a disciple of Jesus? Well, the answer is yes. But clearly, not all did. We know that John kept preaching 
down by the Jordan River. He kept baptizing for about six months after he baptized Jesus. And surely he was recommending that people would, would follow Jesus. But clearly not all of them did. Even as late as Acts chapter... If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.